Hello everyone and welcome back to the Mellow Brick Road. I'm your host Van Windsor with you again on this journey and I'll just start off by apologizing to no one but myself uh, for having this episode come in a little bit late, just a day. What's 24 hours honestly? Um, you know, I just got back from the Chicago trip with my brother Trace and the last two days since I've been back have been spent doing a lot of R&R, a lot of binging the new season of The Boys, and just trying to get back into the groove of things, things that I was doing before I started traveling, before I went to California, you know, when I was doing the podcasts, the blog, art sessions, painting, all that stuff. I'm trying to now, you know, now that I'm, I'm back in the game a little bit, I'm back home, back in my office, my space, I'm working on building that momentum back up. I feel like after California, I had a lot of momentum coming back to this podcast. And then we went to Chicago and that was like the cherry on top of the exhaustion that I was feeling from California. I thought I was over it after a day and a half of being home. And then once we got to Chicago, it was like all my energy was gone. And coming back from Chicago was just definitely an easier trip travel-wise, taking the train from Quincy to Chicago was a lot easier than driving 34 hours from Texas to San Diego. But I think it was just a combination, a culmination of all that traveling just all hit me at once when I got back from Chicago. And yeah, I was going to do this yesterday you know, the day of the podcast, because I I knew I had to get it out. And Trace and I went with dad to help trim trees, you know, pick up limbs, you know, rural Missouri stuff out in the, uh, I wouldn't call it the boondocks, but outskirts of, outskirts of rural Missouri, which is, I mean, that's way out there. If you're, if you're in the outskirts of rural society, that's, that's pretty far out. You start seeing a lot more wild animals, um, four wheelers and red hats pretty much. But you know, got the, I mean, I, I, I didn't feel super motivated to do the podcast yesterday. Like I said, with just the exhaustion, I'm trying to like build myself back up. And while I was kind of sitting at my desk trying to force myself to just come out with even 10 minutes of recording to just throw out into the universe, um, dad, my dad had asked me if I wanted to go over to our grandpa's house to help him trim wood, and Trace was coming too, so... Since I I was struggling to start with the podcast, I decided to just walk away, do some physical labor for a while, ended up taking most of the day, and when I got back from that, that's when I would do the podcast, but I, you know, it's funny because I had the mental exhaustion from traveling, and then the kind of physical exertion too kind of adds to it as well. So I got back yesterday and I knew it would happen. I knew it was going to happen. I was going to, I was telling myself I would come back, do the podcast, get it all edited, add some nice sounds and be good to go. But I knew in the back of my head, I would tell myself that, Oh, you're going to get back. You're going to be so exhausted and kind of irritated because you've been working your body all day so you probably not gonna even want to do the podcast and wouldn't you know that's kind of what happened I ended up just coming back got back on that boys binge 
which is fine. I mean, you know, a little relaxation. I'm never against that. But, you know, I, I think I mentioned it in the last episode. I'm trying to really f- discipline myself so that I don't lose any momentum anymore. I want to now that I, now that I'm back home from traveling, I don't see much traveling happening too soon in the future. But if it does, you know, I'm I'm kind of ready for it. I'm better prepared of what I need to do, how my body reacts to different kinds of traveling, stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, the next time if I do end up traveling somewhere, I'll be better prepped for it. Uh, But I mean, I don't see myself going anywhere too far. The furthest probably is going to be St. Louis for the most part. Um, And that's just for for the comedy game, for the whole stand-up comedy stuff. Um, so that'll be a lot easier for me. I think the biggest issue with that, that everyone's dealing with is just gas prices and everything like that. That's, that definitely makes a two hour trip seem a lot more challenging to my bank account, especially after all the traveling I've already done. My God, my bank account is on its final legs. It is really struggling now. But, you know, that's that's beside the fact. You know, let's get into this episode. It's going to be great. It's just me um, today. Not a problem. You know, uh, Trace is going to be on the podcast next week. He's got a clear schedule. Uh, we're going to talk about the Chicago trip. We might even bring up the California trip a little bit more. Uh, I can go into more detail. Might give Dub a call, see if she's available for that. That'd be fun. But for this episode, you know, we're just going to, uh, just like last episode, we're going to, I'm going to do some updates. I'm going to, you know, I have a few talking points that, you know, I might want to discuss with just myself, just kind of stream of consciousness, consciousness, uh, speaking to you. Um, and I, and I was thinking about it before I started and I kind of like this format of a solo episode every now and again, just as like an update kind of thing. And, you know, it gives me a chance to kind of talk about things that I want to talk about a little bit. So, yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be a good episode. Um, I do have some things to talk about. Uh, but the first, we're going to do the opening question. Um, and I'm going to, I do have a, a whole list of open opening questions now that I think are going to be really interesting. So that'll be fun to test those out with starting with Trace next week and then see how that goes. But it will, I will try to do a different question every episode for an opener. So if I, you know, mess that up, let me know. If I do the same question that I did, you know, two weeks before. Um, and then the end of the podcast questions, I like these, but for, you know, the solo episodes, I feel like a lot of my answers might be the same. So I, I'll either reformat the solo questions for, or not solo, reformat the end of podcast questions when it's just a solo episode or... I'll just, I'll just, you know, not do the end of podcast questions if it's just me, because most of the time my answers are going to be the same uh, about certain things, but we'll see. We'll see when we, when we get to that bridge, we'll see if we're going to cross it. But for right now, uh, before we get into the episode with the opening question, a little bit of business. This episode of The Mellow Brick Road is sponsored by Radaway. It's been a wild couple of years full of ups and even more downs, but one thing we've all seen happening all over the world are SWAT teams raiding people's homes. You know, you're sitting at your computer, playing online video games and trash-talking teenagers across the world, then all of a sudden you've got two dozen fully armored SWAT personnel breaking down your front door and crashing through your windows. Turns out one of those angry teens you were teabagging during the Halo match had had enough of your gloating, so they got a hold of your IP address through their sources at the dark web and sent the address to your local SWAT team headquarters with a note saying you've been trafficking rare and exotic capuchin monkeys for the underground Russian carnival. Of course, you haven't been supporting Russia in any way, shape, or form, but the SWAT team doesn't know that, nor do they care about the precious home they've half-destroyed. 
So if you're sick and tired of SWAT teams raiding your home and looking for non-existent circus primates, call a raid-away technician right away to come to your home and spray the perimeter, including all around your windows and doorways. That's most important. Keep your home free from the terror of surprise raids so you can get back to curb stomping that whiny teen up and down that digital battlefield. So, if you want to protect your home, go to www.raidaway.com mellow for 40% off your for- first order. That's raidaway.com mellow. Now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. We're going to go ahead and get this ball rolling with the opening question. What is the calmest scene you can create in your mind? And for me, if I had to think of a calm scene, it would start on a beach somewhere next to a blue ocean. There's a lawn chair that I'm lounging in with my feet buried in the sand warm sand I hear this gentle sound of the waves going in and out and in and out somewhere in the distance down the beach there's a ukulele being strummed not loud It's almost hard to hear over the waves, but every so often, a few of those notes will make their way to where I am. I've got my, I got maybe an umbrella over my head to block out most of the sun. Not so much that I can't feel the heat. Maybe there's a book beside me, a nice, cool, refreshing beverage. Yeah, that's probably the calmest, maybe not the calmest scene, but extremely calm that I can think of right now. (sighs) So, this episode of the Mellow Brick Road, we are going to be talking about, you know, traveling a little bit, kind of you know, why travel? You know, why leave where you are to visit somewhere you've never been? And I, I like I like to travel for me just as a way to gain experience, kind of get out of the same routine of everything, meet people. You know, there's just there's so many things to do and see when you travel that for the most part you won't get a chance to experience where you are that's why I like going places that are completely completely different than you know small rural Missouri I wanted to go to California mainly and drive because I wanted to see the desert we've driven through the desert before when I was younger going to um, El Paso, Texas but actually being in the desert driving through it seeing the life that's there the people that live in that area you know, different breed of people than you get in Missouri, that's for sure and then same up in Oregon when I was up there for a week and a half Uh, Same when I was up in Montana. I mean, every state has their own kind of brand of person that lives there, average person. And, And for the most part, the Midwest is, you know, you can find a lot of the same characteristics in the Midwest all up and down it. But I think Missouri is very specific. It's a very specific kind of person compared to other Midwesterners. 
but again, I feel like Midwest people, we all, we all know when we find another Midwest person, we kind of recognize each other. Uh, I think that's why I like Chicago so much. I like Chicago because it, it, it's a Midwest city. You know, it's not like L.A. or San Francisco. I haven't been in New York yet, but Chicago feels like a Midwest city. Like, it, it's a working class city through and through. They love their meats and cheeses. Very Midwest staple. Meat, cheese, potatoes. Love that stuff. But you still get those city values that are different than rural America, which I enjoy. I, I like I like being active in a city. I don't mean like running and working out all the time, but I like leaving my hotel or Airbnb or whatever and just going for a walk in a town I've never been in or a city that I've never been in, just walking all day, seeing what's there, seeing what's up what's up close. If you're driving, you might pass certain things you don't even notice. When you walk, you know, you're walking at a nice, easy pace, looking around. You might find a few places that you think, oh, look at that, that's interesting, let's go in there. Maybe you come out with, like, a new hat. Or, you know, maybe you go in, there's nothing in there you like, and you just say, okay, well... I'm glad we we came in here because now I, I know that there's something in here for me. But now I know. And just stuff like that. There's just always there's always something to do, always something going on. And that's the stuff I look for when I travel. I look for experiences. But you know, one thing with traveling is the exhaustion of it. Like I was saying earlier. Like when I was in LA, I mean once you're once you're there, it's fine. You know, we, we drove to LA and it was hard, it was a hard drive for me. But once we were there, it was like the greatest. I enjoyed myself, met some met new people, you know, did some networking, had a lot of fun, went places, saw things. And I had all this motivation built up in me. I was so excited to get home to this podcast. And, you know, get all this stuff going. But the drive back was, that was like a ton of bricks on me. That was hard. And I was so exhausted when I got back that, like, most of the stuff I had thought about doing, I either forgot about or I was just too exhausted. And I just, oh, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. I'm just I'll just I need I need to rest a little bit, recuperate, and that would have been fine. But about a day and a half after that trip, I left for Chicago, which was great, super fun. Loved it. I love Chicago. It's the fourth or fifth time I've been there. Always enjoy going. Never have a bad time. And even then, you know, met a lot of people, networking, stuff like that, you know, made a lot of friends, all this momentum. But then I I got back and it was like that trip plus whatever was left over from the Los Angeles trip. Uh, This this week has been oof. Yeah, And and it's the worst, too, when you when you have that momentum in you, but not the not the drive to do it. Or the, you have the drive, but not the uh, the strength to do it and do it well, the way you want to do it. Because I thought about doing the podcast all week. You know, I was like, I got to get this out by Wednesday. That's the day. Wednesday is the post day. But I was, I just, every time I opened up my laptop, I just, my head went blank. And I all of a sudden got my muscles started to ache a little bit. So I decided to take another, you know, one more day. And then yesterday I was going to record and I had to get up early so we could go do the tree trimming with dad. And so, yeah, I just, it was a little bit procrastination, a little bit exhaustion. I'm trying not to hate on myself too much for not getting the podcast done yesterday, but you know, it is what it is. I've, since I haven't 
recorded anything, I have been looking at how to continue building up my office space so it'll be more efficient for podcasting. Um, I have a lot of ideas that I want to do. We got to finish soundproofing the walls a little bit. Um, I have all my, or most of my paintings hung up. I'll hang more of those up. And I really want to get some kind of visual aspect for the podcast. If not a camera, you know, like to post this on YouTube or something. If not that, then at least for the guests that are here, um, a projector screen or some kind of TV on the wall, uh, just something that's connected so that it makes it easier if a guest wants to mention something or, you know, we can look something up, uh, an image or a video or sound, something like that. We can do it live on the show uh, and we can all see what is on the screen. And, you know, so that'd be nice just in general. And it would look good for the video if we did a video podcast, but it would also work, you know, just as we're feeling it out, it probably won't be visual. Uh, it'll just be, we'll have to just describe what's going on on the screen, which is not a big deal. But that was something I had just thought about just yesterday, which is nice. And then, you know, getting more lights in here and just kind of getting a better ambiance and vibe in this space would be really nice. Maybe a little bit more a little more organization. It's kind of just a bunch of random shit just all over the place in here. Yeah, so that's, that's you know, I haven't been recording the podcast, but that doesn't mean I haven't been working in other ways, so that's always good. Got to keep moving. Um, One thing that I have been looking at, just something I've been just in my own spare time looking at, um... I like to look at, you know, art and stuff like that online. And I, I found this documentary. Um, I think it was a documentary. It was either that or just a video that someone had made, like a video documentary that someone had made on YouTube or something um, about the artist Peter Burkhauser. He was a Swiss artist back in like uh, 1940s, 50s, 60s, something like that. Um and I'll post one of his pictures, one of his pictures he has, one of his paintings called At the Door. I'll I'll make that the uh, featured image of this episode so everyone can see it. It's really trippy. He was an advertisement artist as a way to make money. And at one point in his 30s, he was very unmotivated by his art and his paintings and just couldn't really see, you know, it was more of a drag than anything it wasn't no longer some sort of creative endeavor it was just a drag to create art for him and he him and his wife got very interested in Carl Jung and his philosophy with shadow working and he actually ended up becoming very good friends with Jung and he he started um analyzing his dreams him and his wife were he would you know have a little notebook with him and he would try to write down what he saw in his dreams. And I think it was something like at 20, like 35 years of this, he got like 3,400 dreams recorded, which is a, a ton. And he would make these dream paintings um, that are, you know, black background, uh, very subconscious, very macabre, some would say. Um, but just these these really, really fascinating dream paintings. Um, and the one I'll, I'll post on the on the on the podcast episode is called "At the Door," which he painted back in 1965. And it is showing a some sort of divine creative power that you know comes to the painter. Or, you know, the artist, the creative person at night, you know, out of cosmic space. You know, this giant, kind of looks like he has a horse head, this flaming horse head monster looking force is trying to get inside uh, the painter's room, but the painter is holding the door shut out of fear. 
terrified of this monster that's come to him in the middle of the night. But what he doesn't know is that this this uh, creative beast, this flaming monster, it actually is a bringer of light and creative life, you know, as opposed to the dark. You know, he's already in the dark. This painter is this dark, narrow space that he's been living his whole life. And this um, power is coming to bring light and life into his life. And this is something that Burkhauser dreamt about a lot. He had this frequent nightmare of being chased by a scary monster or, you know, some shadowy figure. But with the Jungian psychology, with the shadow, the way that works is, you know, it's only when you confront the figure chasing you and question it that it starts to take on an appearance. Because when you're running from it, you're not you're you're not looking back at it. You're running away from it, so you're not really seeing what it is. You just know there's something behind you trying to get closer, trying to get to you. And our you know monkey brains, our primate brains, um, most likely see it as a threat. You know, fight or flight. You know, we we are very aware of that stuff when something is watching us or coming closer to us we we have this weird sixth sense about it and so you know he runs from it but it's not until you turn around and see it for what it is that it takes a shape and you and you accept it it's only when it is ignored or misunderstood that this shadowy figure can become hostile when you try to ignore that it's there, you push it away, that's when it becomes more hostile and it and comes at you more aggressively. But I'll, I'll make sure to post a link of a lot of Peter Burkhauser's paintings, his dream paintings, because they are, they are very interesting to inspect and, you know, try to interpret. I just I fell in love with these paintings. They're very. I mean, I, I love anything subconscious. Someone trying to pull ideas deep from the subconscious of their brain, bring it out above the water where everyone can see it on the on the conscious side. You always get really trippy stuff, and it's especially when it comes to Carl Jung, one of my favorite uh, psychologists and philosophers of the twentieth century. Uh, dealing with the shadow and the subconscious that's right up my alley so uh, Peter Burkhauser um, dream paintings um, I think the documentary that I found see this is this is when a visual aid would be perfect if I had a guest I could pull up these paintings and go through them and talk about them like that the documentary was the dream painter that nobody knows about and I might have that wrong that title but it's basically what it is i'll make sure to put the full title and a link to find it after the episode um but yeah peter burkhauser 50s 60s painter uh this was like his obsession in the last five or six years of his life was going into these dreams and trying to interpret his dreams through his paintings and what he was making uh, oh my gosh uh, so fascinating so fascinating. Highly recommend it. Let's see. Uh, moving on. From that, uh, I want to talk a little bit more about Chicago. And again, I'll talk to, we'll talk more in detail about Chicago and what, you know, Trace and I did when he's here next episode. Uh, but for now, I just kind of want to make some shout outs to Chicagoans just, you know, while we're here. Just before I forget, because I have all their names written down and I, Basically, Trace and I went to a comedy show. I think that's going to be my new thing, is looking for comedy shows when I travel. It's just such a good way to spend the night. And we went to a show at the Lincoln Lodge. It was the Limelight Show. Um, And it was the second time they were doing that show at the Limelight. 
Um, it was basically this, um, the host Kyle Scanlon, Scanlin, C-A, or S-C-A-N-L-A-N, Scanlin. It, he was the host, and it was his, um, he was saying it's the best comedians in Chicago coming in, you know, to perform at the Lincoln Lodge at night. They're doing a little bit more, like, longer sets than they usually get at other clubs, so I thought that'd be super fun. The room itself at the Lincoln Lodge could maybe sit 20 to 30 people, really small room. With Trace and I there, there were only six of us in the audience, which was unreal. I didn't know how that was going to work. I've never been in a room with that small an audience, uh, but it actually ended up being probably the best comedy show I've ever been to in my life. I mean, it was so much fun. The comedians were such a blast. I mean, they just killed. And everyone in the audience, all six of us, we were there to have a great time. Nobody was, you know, trying to make a scene or anything like that, talking back, causing arguments, stuff like, you know, shit like that you see at big shows. Always that one guy out of 150 that just tries to make the show about himself. But we were there to enjoy the comedians, and my God, we did. I mean, holy cow, that was so funny. Can't give enough praise to these people. Uh, so without further ado, I'll go ahead and read off their, um, I have a list of their names and their, uh, Instagram, Instagrams as well. Uh, just so, you know, if you want, you can look them up. I'll make sure to list these down below as well at the end of the episode. But, uh, the host, like I said, Kyle Scanlon, that's at Kyle Scanlon on Instagram, K K Y L E S C A N L A N Kyle. He was such a great host, such a nice nice guy. Met him after the show, had a couple drinks. He is so much fun. Uh, the next guy, Sorab Faruzesh. Sorry, Sorab, for butchering your last name. That's probably why your Instagram is Sorab is Brown. And for all my Missourians listening right now, that is Sorab, S O H R A B. S O H R A B. Sorab is Brown. On Instagram, he killed it. Uh, this guy had such a great set. He's one of the best comedians I've ever seen live. We, you know, we went outside and hung out after the show. We talked for a while, had some drinks. He introduced me to some other comedians, and after the show, we found out we lived, you know, sort of close to each other, just a you know a few blocks down the street from each other, where our, where our Airbnb was. So we we ended up getting an Uber with him to uh, his place and then we you know we got back to our place uh, later but wow that I was not expecting that at all such a nice guy he gave me some advice on comedy let me know where all the comedy clubs in Chicago were uh, he gave us good food like restaurant advice oh man he was just the best uh, so Sarab is brown you're the man uh, next up uh, Jarrell Scott Barnes Jarrell dot Barnes on Instagram that's J A. R R E L L dot B A R N E S Jarrell dot Barnes. This guy was hysterical. His shirt was a little bit loud, and by a little I mean a lot. Holy cow! It looked like he was going on some Burning Man vacation. I mean, his his shirt was all over the place with the patterns, but he looked great. He was killed it. He had an amazing set. Next up, uh, and I thought, actually, you know what? We actually talked to we actually got to talk to Jarrell as well after the show. He was super fun. We got to hang out. Uh, he he got to he let me know where some of his other shows are and what he's been up to. So that was super fun. Uh, next up, Lucia Whalen Whalen, that's Lucia Whalen on Instagram L U C I A W H A L E N Lucia Whalen. She was the best. I mean, she was so funny. She had she had an amazing set. I was tell I've been telling everyone about her set, um, and not just the not just other women. Of course, I told my I told mom and I told my sister Devin about how great she was. But I mean, I, I would recommend her to anyone. Uh, she does an amazing set. It's so funny. And uh, last but certainly not least in any way, Chris Higgins. And this is Chris Higgins on Instagram. It is my bud Chris. Uh, just the way it uh, sounds, my bud Chris, and that's Chris C H R I S. Chris, I, I I know I feel like I I didn't know your name per se, but I feel like I recognized you, and I feel like I've seen your comedy 
somewhere else, either on, you know, YouTube or maybe a comedy show I saw somewhere online or I don't know. I feel like I knew you. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, I didn't know your set. I didn't recognize any of the jokes, but something about you and your presence reminded me of someone that I've seen before. So if that was you, Chris, you're the man just as good as the first time I saw you. You killed it. You're so funny. Um, Everyone there was hilarious. All six. Sorry, I was just counting five. All five of the comedians at the Lincoln Lodge that night. Wow. Best comedians in Chicago, hands down. I'm sure Trace will agree with me. What a blast that was. Uh, I, di- I do feel a little bit bad because so Rob did tell me while I was in Chicago, it would be kind of a waste if I didn't go looking for any open mics. And he's right. You know, I, I do regret a little bit not looking for any open mics, but I wasn't I wasn't there to do comedy at all. I was mainly there for Trace because I took him to a to Wrigley Stadium for for his birthday. So that, that was the whole reason we were there. The comedy uh, night was just icing on the cake. It was just kind of a bonus. Didn't know we were doing that until we got to Chicago. I think I bought the tickets two or three hours before we, before the show. Like we were just, I was just, we were watching something on TV. We had just gotten to the Airbnb and I was just going through, seeing what comedy clubs were in town. Just look, see what looked fun. It was a, kind of a choice between Lincoln Lodge, Laugh Factory, and Second City, and my, I was going to go to Second City originally, because I wanted, you know, it's Second City, and I wanted to see some improv, but I think we made the right choice with the Lincoln Lodge. Holy cow. That, I mean, best best comedy show I've been to, honestly. I know Kyle probably isn't listening to this, but Kyle, you put on a damn good show, man. For all six of us, wow, we you killed it, man. Uh, let's see. So other than the open mics, I do need to look for more open mics. I know there are a ton in St. Louis. That's the nearest I'll be able to go. And that's the only issue is that it is in St. Louis, and which is about two hours away. And so it kind of feels like I'm in a long distance relationship with my stand up right now. I'm still working on, the, you know, one thing that's nice about how far it is, it gives me plenty of time to flesh out my jokes, make sure they're all, like, my set is nice and crisp, um, and my five minutes is good, I, I mean, I have a pretty solid five minutes, I probably have a few more now since Chicago, because I did find plenty of things to joke about while I was in Chicago, especially going to that Wrigley Stadium game, but we'll talk about that when Trace is here. Uh, moving on, I do need to bring in, I'm excited to bring in more guests, um, other than just my family, my immediate family that is in, like, the 10-mile radius of where I live. I do still need to bring in my other sister, Devin, and my dad also. And the reason he hasn't come in yet is because I really want to let loose with him. And since he's still a principal out of high school, I just want to, I wish he would just retire already. Uh, And we can get into some real crazy details about what it's like being a a high school principal. Because I bet there's a lot of crazy stories he can tell that he can't tell right now at least not on air we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but i feel like it's gonna be a good episode if we can get him to spill some tea on some just school stories uh i also have other you know i have a lot of buddies that i've been that have been asking me about the podcast and you know if they can be guests so i'm excited to do that bring them in kind of see what they're doing because one thing i really want to do with this podcast is just get back in touch with a lot of people that I haven't seen or spoken to in a long time. And I think this will be a fun way to just, you know, see what they're doing. See what's up. Hang out. Have fun. Have some laughs. So that's that's one thing with the podcast that I, of why I started, is I just want to talk to people. Kind of see what makes them tick. Just, you know, stuff like that. Another thing, and this is this is not podcast related, it's more of just me related living in this area you know we live by a lake um and a campground and stuff like that so there's constantly boats and fishing boats big families campers stuff like that always driving by the house toward the boat ramp and you know when i go on walks out and about uh around the property you, you it's 
just impossible to not see some of the trash that's on the ground in the ditches, you know? And that's just normal everywhere, I think. I honestly think the only place that I didn't see trash on the side of the road was Montana. And that's because they have a whole giant number of people that are consistently going out picking up trash. And I don't know, that, that could be, I mean, that's probably a thing in a lot of states, but in Montana, it was very, like, we saw those people constantly picking up trash, so they were doing a really good job. But, you know, one thing that I've thought about was, um, you know, everyone wants to help people, especially now in these in these days, you know. Uh, I'd be lying if I didn't say that this podcast in the back of my head sometimes I think that it it could help people that are listening to it in the same way that I would listen to podcasts for like hours and hours and hours and it they would help me so I can't I can't lie I won't lie and say that my ego hasn't hasn't tried to tempt me with that kind of thought before and that's the that's the dangerous thinking because that can get you in some, some into some trouble if you're not prepared for that if you're not, um, what do I mean by that? If you're, you get too, you get too much of a goal in your head, too big of a goal. You know, you want to help the world with your podcast. Okay. Good luck. You know, I'm just speaking into a microphone. I'm pretty sure the only person listening to this episode or these episodes is me. Uh, so I'm not too concerned about saving the world with it. Uh, and I, there's a quote that I, either a quote that I am paraphrasing or I you know I just can't think of who said it but they say if you know if you want to heal the world you got to start with yourself so you know make sure that you're healing yourself first you eat healthy exercise reading books you know mental health and then once you feel like you've got a good grasp of that you can go a little bit further out and heal your surrounding area you know the people that are closest to you uh, your house your property and, you know, since I've been home, I've, and I don't mean just like the last few days, I mean, since I've been home for like this almost a year now, I've done a lot of healing of myself mentally, not really physically, but mentally I've, I've worked on it. And now I feel like I'm in a good spot where I can expand myself a little bit and I Basically, what I'm trying to say is I want to start, I'm going to start uh, picking up trash on the side of the, of the side of the road. I remember reading in uh, David Sedaris's book, one of his books, the author, David Sedaris, love that guy, how he, he lives in uh, the country, French countryside, and he, every day after writing, he'll go outside and walk up and down his little road for like nine hours a day picking up trash. You know, just cleaning it up because it's just, you know, trash on the ground. Doesn't help anybody being there. And I just I just love that he just did that. You know, he did it every day for years. You know, he would just do that. And I've always wanted to do that, and I just never did. Um, I don't know if it's like, you know, there's a weird, like, if someone is driving by and they see me with all that trash, they'll, you know, oh, look at this guy look at him, he's trying to pick up all the litter, and then they'll throw, like, another beer can down in front of me, but there was one day, um, about a month ago, I was walking, and I saw a beer can on the ground, and I ignored it, kept walking, and a few feet later, another beer can, and then more beer cans, and then I found the whole case had just been dumped out. I don't know if it had fallen out of the back of a truck, or, you know, it was thrown out on the side of the road, but I just couldn't leave it there, so I just picked it up, picked up all the cans, and just started walking, and it got to the point where I just had I had two two full two handfuls of trash, just all kinds of trash, smelly, is leaking juices on me, down my arms, and I walked it all the way back home. And yeah, now now I want to get you know I thought about getting one of those um, trash picker upper things, like one of those claw things, or maybe the thing with the spike on it that you see people do like for community service. But, you know, I, I thought about, you know, either getting on my bike and just tying a garbage bag to one of my handles on my bike or just walking with a trash bag 
you know, and just, just to clean it up, just to clean up my area, you know, cause it's my, you know, I live here, you know, and if no one else is going to do it, I might as well. That way it looks nice for everybody. Everyone can enjoy it then. And who knows, eventually if someone does see me picking up trash and they see me doing it multiple times, uh, you know, throughout the month or year or whatever it is, maybe they'll stop throwing trash in the ground. Maybe they'll throw more because they know I'll pick it up. Either way, there won't be as much trash in the ground. I'll pick it up. Um, so that's something I'm going to try and start doing just as a way to kind of keep myself moving, get my exercise in, and also... You know, do my part, you know, good karma brings good karma, you know what I mean? I've always thought that, that's why, that's why I kept telling Trace in Chicago. Like, they, you know, they, some people say that you're not supposed to give money to beggars or homeless people in the street. Why not, you know? Why, you know, you don't have to give them a hundred dollars. Just give them a dollar or two. Give them some change in your pocket, you know, what's it hurting you? You're not going to use that change. You're going to use those dimes and nickels? If you are, then don't give them away. But if they're just weight in your pocket, get rid of them. Who cares? That's what I've always thought, you know. So I, I've all and plus, you know, like I said, good karma brings good karma. So at the beginning of a trip is usually when I'll, as soon as I get there and I start walking around the city, I like, you know, if I see someone they need a dollar or two, I'll, I'll get some cash, get, give a few dollars out, you know. God bless. Good luck to you. You know, I'm hoping that that positive energy rubs off on my trip. You know, I don't want I don't want anything bad to happen to me on my trip. I'd feel bad if that anything bad happened to that guy too, even though I don't know him. So, you know, good karma brings good karma. It's just something to think about. Something I've always thought about, especially when traveling, because you definitely don't want to run into bad karma when you're not at home, because that just adds a lot more stress, and it just yeah, it just makes for a bad time. So, yeah. Good karma brings good karma. We'll make that the uh, quote of the of the episode, if that's a thing. Let's see. Uh, I'll go ahead, and I think that's all I have to discuss today, all the updates I've got. So I'll just go ahead and I'll just go ahead and do the end of podcast questions. I know I was thinking about whether or not I was going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it because uh, why not? It's tra- tradition at this point. So uh, the first question, what's the last book you read? Um, I believe last week I said it was, oh no. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. I was trying to remember if I got that book in Chicago or not. It was the Wilderness Essays by John Muir, uh, which I did start, I started reading that. Uh, just, you know, the first chapter was about his discovery of Glacier Bay. And that and, and that was just incredible to read, especially... Because that was back in the 1890s, 1880s, when there was, there were still glaciers on the mountains over there, up in Glacier National Park, before it was Glacier National Park, and it's just sad, because when I was there, there were so many signs where they said, this is where glaciers used to be, but, uh, yeah, climate change melted most of them, so all you see is that little patch of snow over there, but just imagine a hundred times bigger than that, is where... That's that's where a glacier was, so that was kind of disheartening. But it's really, I mean, it's it must have been awe-inspiring to look at in person, especially for the first time, for sure. All right, what's something that always makes you smile when you think about it? Recently, what's been making me smile is the podcast. You know, it's a lot of work, you know, with the editing and all that stuff, but honestly, I do really enjoy it. And so, yeah, that's, that's what makes me smile right now. Just thinking about all the projects and episodes that I want to do. That's what I like thinking about. Uh, let's see the last fear you faced last fear I faced. Yeah, we were in Chicago. Let me see. Man, I'm not even sure if it was in Chicago. Let me think. The last fear I faced, it may have been... Oh, uh, driving while extremely tired. Is that a fear? I don't like doing that. I had to do it driving back from California. 
I don't know if that's really a fear, but it's not fun. It's definitely scary driving while you're extremely tired. You know, I didn't I do the whole I slap my I slap the shit out of myself when I'm tired and driving. If I know I got like another half hour to an hour, I'll slap myself, pinch under my arms really hard, twist. You know, whatever I need to do, blast the cold air, freezing cold air. Yeah, because that's the last thing you want to do is doze off for more than two seconds. Because you don't know what's going to happen in those two seconds. See, something that reminds me of home. Oh, something that reminds me of home. I think last week I said it was gifts buying. You know, if I don't buy gifts, then I'll never come home. Because i got to give the gifts back. I think I think one thing that reminds me of home is when I see boats, any kind of boat, sailboat, kayak, yacht. Like we were in Chicago going to the pier, see all those boats. It just make me think about getting on the boat here on Mark Twain Lake and just riding that all day. You know, that, that's something that always reminds me of home, just seeing a boat or some water, big body of water. And, of course, crosswords or word searches. We're going word searches all the way. Of course, those are the best. Love a good crossword, but they got nothing on word searches. All right, everybody. This has been the Mellow Brick Road. I'm your host, Van Windsor. All links and descriptions and all the Instagrams for the Chicago comedians will be in the description down below under this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Keep on keeping on. Thank you.